Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. If you're joining us for the first time, we're studying the Old Testament of the Bible this year, loosely following the study curriculum of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Well, in today's episode, we're going to finally wrap up the book of Genesis, finishing the story of Jacob, Joseph, and their immediate family. You'll remember from the last episode that Joseph had made his way into Pharaoh's inner circle through a combination of hard work, leadership skills, and divine support, and is now the most powerful person in Egypt after Pharaoh himself, having been tasked with saving Egypt from the seven-year famine. Well, Joseph's brothers, who are also suffering from the famine back in Canaan, hear about the food supply in Egypt and travel there to try to buy food for their family, not knowing that Joseph was there. After an emotional and suspenseful reunion between the brothers, Joseph tells them to go get their dad Jacob and bring the entire family to Egypt to live out the famine so that Joseph can take care of them. So Jacob makes the journey, is overjoyed to see his long-lost boy Joseph again, and the family lives happily ever after. Jacob eventually realizes that his days are numbered and proceeds to give each of his sons a blessing before he dies. This is where we pick up the story for this episode. So after blessing Ephraim and Manasseh first, the two sons of Joseph, and adopting them in as sons of Jacob and giving them each an equal inheritance with the rest of Jacob's children, he moves on to the oldest siblings. And things go downhill from there. To Reuben, the eldest, he reveals, quote, Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it, end quote. This is a reference back to Genesis chapter 35, when Reuben slept with one of Jacob's concubines. Yikes. Then with Simeon and Levi, Jacob says, quote, Simeon and Levi are brethren, Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret. Unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they dig down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. End quote. Jacob here is foretelling the future scattering of Israel due to the sins Simeon and Levi had committed back in chapter 34 when they killed all the Hivites and looted their city. Yikes again. And then we come to Judah, who gets an amazing blessing from Jacob. Quote, Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Jacob is prophesying that Judah will be the leading tribe of Israel, that Christ will one day come from the tribe of Judah, and that his tribe will take the lead in the gathering of Israel after they've been scattered in the future. Now, This blessing is interesting because, like Reuben, Simeon, and Levi, Judah also had a very colorful past. Let's remember that it was Judah who was responsible for Joseph being sold into slavery. Quote, And Judah said unto his brethren, What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him. End quote. 
Later, after one of his daughter-in-laws became a widow, he inadvertently thought she was a prostitute and slept with her. Triple yikes. So how is it that Judah now received such an amazing blessing from Jacob, while the three older brothers were chastised by Jacob for their past iniquities? Well, for me, the story of Judah is an amazing story of redemption. Yes, Judah made some really bad choices in the past, some of which led to significant pain and suffering for others, particularly for his father Jacob when Joseph didn't come home from the fields. Maybe you and I can relate to bad choices we've made in our past that may have caused pain and suffering to those around us. But let's remember what happened when the sons of Jacob were traveling back and forth to Egypt to get food for their family. After Joseph had seen them, he devised a plan to trick the brothers into bringing their little brother Benjamin back to Egypt and held Simeon as a hostage while the rest of the brothers returned to Jacob and Canaan to get Benjamin. Well, Jacob refused to let Benjamin go to Egypt because he couldn't bear to lose another son after having lost Joseph and now also Simeon. But this is where a new side of Judah begins to appear, where he starts to stand out as the leader of the family. Quote, And Judah spake unto him, saying, The man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with you. If thou wilt send our brother with us, we will go down and buy thee food. And Israel said, Wherefore deal ye so ill with me, as to tell the man whether ye had yet a brother? And Judah said unto Israel his father, Send the lad with me, and we will arise and go that we may live and not die, both we and thou and also our little ones. I will be surety for him. Of my hand shalt thou require him. If I bring him not unto thee and set him before thee, then let me bear the blame forever. End quote. Judah here is taking responsibility for the safety of his little brother, Benjamin. He's willing to accept the blame and consequences if he fails to bring Benjamin home to Jacob. Compare this with how he behaved years earlier with Joseph, where he cast Joseph into slavery and then lied to his father for decades about what happened. So Judah is changing. He's becoming a better person. He's taking responsibility. He probably felt shame and regret for years about what he did to Joseph. And so now when faced with a similar situation with Benjamin, he's not going to make the same mistake. He's going to protect Benjamin with his life. So when they finally get back to Egypt and Joseph devises another scheme to trap Benjamin in Egypt and not allow him to return home, Judah makes good on his pledge to Jacob. He pleads with Joseph, explaining that Jacob, their father, will likely die if Benjamin doesn't return home because of the heartache Jacob already faced when losing Joseph years ago. Quote, Now therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, and the lad be not with us, seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life, It shall come to pass when he seeth that the lad is not with us, that he will die. And thy servants shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant, our father, with sorrow to the grave. For thy servant became surety for the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now, therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. For how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me, lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father? End quote. In this moment, Judah is making the ultimate sacrifice his own life to save that of his brother Benjamin and his father Jacob. 
This is what God is looking for in each of us. The willingness to put others' needs ahead of our own. To not be self-centered in our lives, but to look outward and take care of God's children, and even to sacrifice our own desires or livelihood to help others. This is called being a disciple of Christ. And Judah's attempt to sacrifice himself to save others is the first example of this kind of behavior that we see in the sons of Jacob, the future patriarchs of the 12 tribes of Israel. I think this is why Judah was blessed to lead Israel in the future and why Christ himself would be born of the tribe of Judah, because this type of sacrifice is the same thing that Christ himself did for all mankind, sacrificing himself to save you and I, looking out for the little guy, those who wouldn't have strength to take care of themselves, healing the sick and afflicted, forgiving the sinner, and bringing hope to the sad and weary. As I think about my own past, I made bad choices just like Judah. Maybe you have your own skeletons in your closet. But to see someone like Judah transform and become a better version of himself, become a good person, become a selfless person who puts the needs of others ahead of his own, to see Heavenly Father be able to use Judah to then bless the world, to be the harbinger of Christ himself, this gives me hope. It gives me hope that I can change too, that I can continue to become a better disciple of Jesus Christ, that through me, maybe God can bless some corner of the world. The story of Judah is a story of personal transformation. You and I can become better versions of ourselves. You and I can accept our Savior's invitation to come follow me. You and I can become instruments of God to bring peace and salvation and hope of eternal life to all those around us, regardless of who we were in the past or what choices we may have once made. Like Judah, you and I can change. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next week.